Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve with you on PBSE. Uh, you will remember last time, and uh, I think it was episode 139, we talked about basic recovery tools, part one, the power of journaling. And today, in this episode, episode 140, we're going to talk about basic recovery tools, part two. And this is all about the couple's check-in. And the reason we chose this order is the whole journaling exercise we took you through in the last episode is perfect preparation for the couple's check-in. Yeah. If you will use journaling as the way that you prepare for uh, doing a couple's check-in, man, you are just going to see so much more success and connection and all the benefits that you're looking for in a couple's check-in if you will use the journaling as your preparation. Um, Steve, you got anything to say about that? No, I, I think you're, I think you're doing a great job. It, you know, it, we, we oftentimes talk about, you know, whether it's in our dare to connect program or on here, connection being a top down approach, meaning that, you know, connection begins with self. Uh, then it expands out into one's higher power or spiritual, you know, spiritual existence, and then bleeds down into everybody else. And so, uh, journaling is, is a perfect, I mean, it really, honestly, it's probably the best and also just coincidentally the freest tool out there for being able to really honestly contemplatively connecting with oneself. And the more we prepare and, and are able to do that, that is what impacts all those other levels of connection in our life. The degree to which I connect with myself really creates the glass ceiling, right? To which I can do that with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And so once we've taken that basic first step, that is what is going to really empower us to really do a true, authentic, and 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 growing couples check-in. Yeah. So let's jump into this and talk about why we need couples check-ins. And so let's talk about the the problem or the challenge. Um, and I can I can talk about that from the addict side. I'm I. If there's anybody who's an expert <laughs> on why this is such a challenge for addicts, it would be me. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely did not have the skill set of connecting. I didn't know how to do it. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't modeled to me as a kid. I didn't have, I didn't watch parents who did it. I didn't, I can't remember seeing any adults around me who were really good at connection. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see it. So I, I didn't have the skills to connect. Um, I certainly lacked the ability to regulate my emotional state in the moment. Whatever I was feeling, <laughs> I went with it. Mm, right? yeah. It was just like, blah, here you go. <laughs> right. There was just no, no ability to regulate my emotions. So that was another challenge. Um, and because of those two things, no skills to connect and a really, really no ability to self-regulate, I really lacked being able to have insight and empathy into the reality of others. Yeah. I just couldn't connect with other people. I wasn't connected with myself for crying out loud. There's another reason for journaling. So we can get in, into connection with ourselves so that, and empathy for ourselves so we can start to do that with others. Yeah. So just a lot, of, a lot of these problems that the couples check-in you know, addresses. I was consumed by shame. I couldn't get raw and real with other people because I had so much shame and unworthiness and I don't measure up and I'm not one of the good ones. And so I wasn't going to put myself out there with anyone. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to be authentic or vulnerable. And, and, and that shame, oh my gosh, does shame become an overriding emotion, like a master emotion that covers all the other ones? All you feel. Puts a lid on the emotional pot so that nothing else gets out. Yes. You talked about your, your addiction years, that big covering emotion for you was anger. Yes. Anger seals off everything else. For me, it was more shame. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the emotion that covered everything for me. Um, and so all of that, all of that, um, caused me to default, um, to just dysfunctional past relationship patterns that I had developed because of all of what I just said, I was very much in relationship ruts. I was stuck and it just kept repeating, right? The definition of insanity. Let's just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result here in this relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. So that Absolutely. was, that's the challenge with, with the addict side. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, and partners and it, it, it kind of like when we talked last week, right? Addicts and partners are obviously dealing with very different issues, but some of the outcomes of said issues look very similar. And here too, we have kind of the same sort of a deal because of the trauma, right? And in addition to other deficits that a partner may already have about difficulty communicating or being vulnerable, you know, when trust is, so low in a relationship when betrayal has occurred i mean a partner doesn't have any justified reason for believing anything that their other what the, the other person says right if i'm a partner in trauma and and my trust is you know tanked in this relationship everything my partner is going to say no offense to the addicts out there but it's kind of like charlie brown's mom it's just sort of like bah, 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 you know but it just it just carries <laughs> yeah. no weight yeah because, because again, we've the addicts have betrayed that trust, and so all that is gone. In addition to that, just their own emotion and turmoil makes it very, very difficult to even be present and to show up and to be able to hear mm. from the other person, right? And that doesn't even touch on the anger piece, which is you know manifests as I don't want to talk to that fill in the blank with your popular vernacular based on trauma, right? Yeah, I don't want to talk with that guy. Um, why? So I can be heard again. So there's all this skepticism, all of these things, right? You can see all these, they act as these kind of bars that just increasingly create more and more distance in the coupleship. And that is one of the catch-22s that a couple finds themselves in in this process, right? Is 
they're, they find themselves in a situation where the only way to really heal this thing is through connection. But the very thing that has happened is the ultimate deconnector or disconnector. Yeah. Right. In, in every way possible. And so check-ins become especially important here. We're going to talk about this in just a second um, because they provide a structure for that. You know, the tension around uh, different subjects also is a big barrier for spouses, too. I work with many spouses. Mark, I know you have. We've talked about this before many times where spouses will just downright be terrified. Right. His his reactions, his responses to stuff, Steve, when I bring stuff up, he loses it. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing those things up with him. Mm-hmm. That guy, you know, he can't handle my feelings. He can't handle my pain. He can't handle that stuff. Last time I did that, he sulked for three days, right? Why would I want to bring that up? And so again, here we have all of these, these, uh, these bottlenecks, right? That that get in the way. It makes it very hard to share on the spot. And check-ins are a place where we practice. Yeah, yeah, they really do become. They really do become the solution to this. And you said something before our session today, Steve. That I, it might sound a little bit. I don't know, like you're, you're, you're giving, making check-ins like really big with how effective they can be, but I agree with you. You know, you said couples check-ins are the best possible environment for developing successful connection following betrayal outside of the therapeutic setting. Yeah. I think that's true, right? Outside the actual therapist's office, working together with a couple to work on their communication and bringing down barriers and all these things. Where is the next best environment to do that? It's the couple's check-in. Yes, absolutely. Right? It's where it's where we practice every element of connection. And, and the thing I love about it is it's a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Where and here, here was what was critical for me, where you have advance notice, right? Every guy listening is going to go, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't hit me with it in the moment. Yeah, I just can't hand, right? Give me advance notice that so I can have an opportunity to prepare for this difficult conversation or interaction, right? And I, and I love that because what that allows you to do is eliminate all the variables that, that often lead to such instant escalation. Yes. We're going to talk about this. And then, uh, then all this stuff comes in. And before you know it, it's escalated out of control. The couples check-in is a formal, you know, even scheduled time where we expect, we know, yeah, we're going to tackle some difficult issues and I'm prepared emotionally and psychologically that that's going to happen. Yeah. I think a good way to kind of think of it, I I picture this sometimes, uh, you know, as I watch couples get ready for this. Brittany and I aren't very good about working out together. We both do it, but we're kind of off in our schedules. But I have seen couples where they kind of hit the gym together. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the emotional equivalent of that, right? You both you both show up, you're prepared, you get the outfit on, you bring your water bottle, you bring your protein shake or whatever, and you know that the next hour is going to be really good and depending on the day, likely to be pretty painful. at the same time (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is going to be hard right but it is something that again we're preparing for where i and i agree with you mark that is so true i if we all had a nickel us therapists for every time one partner both addicts and spouses are guilty of this where it's like yeah dinner's ready this is happening by the way thinking about divorcing you today anyway gotta go right or or whatever (laughs) right Right. or the other the other scenario i've heard so many times (laughs) Well, we started talking about 
<clears throat> this really tough issue. And we all, we both started to get really heated and we knew we probably should stop, but oh we ended gosh. up talking till three in the morning. Yes. And it didn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. In the therapist's office, you can usually tell when a couple's done that within about five seconds of them getting <laughs> right, on there. It's right. like, yep, check-in sucked this week. I can. Yeah. Let me guess. You were up till 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, ripping each other's heads off last night, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you can see, right? This is, I mean, look at it, take it, if nothing else, for that scientific approach. It really is, there. there is no guarantee about, about a dialogue between you and a spouse going awry. And that's not bad because check-ins, if they're done right, when we eliminate those other unnecessary variables, even when things go wrong, it empowers you. And if you have one involved, it empowers your therapist to better understand what the actual problems are in the relationship as opposed to the connection being tripped up by the kids screaming or it being on the fly or whatever the other stuff might be. Right. Yeah. So. You get an opportunity to actually dare to, you know, kind of open the Pandora's box, so to speak. And let's take a look at what this is really about. Yes. Yeah, I love that part about check-ins. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot to this, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's a couple of things that we want to say in terms of, you know, uh, you know, kind of the what you want to be thinking about as we talk about this for us today. You know, we definitely want to be looking at check-ins as a way to do a couple things, right? Have an opportunity to not just practice, but to set up and follow up regarding couples' goals. We're going to talk about those in a couple of minutes. Uh, it's a good place to be able to retool approaches, right? If yesterday's couple couples check-in went south, going back and looking at why is valuable. So that we mm-hmm. can avoid that in the future, right? It's a good chance to learn what more about one another's. So we're going to borrow a little bit from Gotten here and one another's love, love languages, right? What resonates with my partner when I speak, right? And, and with the things that I say, which parts do they, are they able to better connect with right now, given where the relationship's at? And it's also a chance to practice other things like apologizing, mm-hmm. making amends, right? Yeah. Um, doing that properly. So anyway. Um, we've got tons of things to get through in very limited time. So Mark, where do you want to go? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's talk about how to do check-ins. Um, uh, so let's kind of do a, what every check-in in the, in the basic level should have. So yep. it should be the sharing, the shared, the open, transparent, authentic sharing of feelings and emotions. And, you know, kind of what I've been doing, my actions. Again, we, we can never stress enough. Please, please know that this all has to do with the level of safety that is present in the relationship. Sometimes there isn't enough safety established yet. And what we're describing can only be done, for example, in writing. Yeah. Maybe I, we have to write to each other because we can't, we can't go face to face. Always remember there's, there's a safety dial here with regard to this. Um, the ability to listen and internalize um, what a partner is saying right? What I'm feeling and expressing and what my partner is feeling and expressing, how do I listen and internalize that? Something that should always take place in a check-in. A couple of other points, Steve. Yeah, there definitely needs to be accountability, right? For progress. Whatever check-ins ought to be, they ought to be a place where we do come and we own how things are going for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that I think gets in the way for couples with check-ins is they do tend to get a bad rap because we kind of look at them like, oh, geez, this is just the 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 boxing ring in which I just get beat up for all the things I'm doing wrong. Um, and and what I have found is that there's a real power in there every check-in. If we're really doing a check-in right, okay, I shouldn't say every. That's that's a broad brush, but I would say in more situations than not, 
if a couple ship is really coming prepared and they've had an objective look at the week, chances are there are things to address and say, yeah, we've got to change this. But there's also optim- there are also many chances to be able to say, hey, we did this right to celebrate the victories too. Yeah, it isn't or, just a or, place to get negative. Yeah, or I noticed you did this. Way to yes. go. I really well, appreciated when you did X, Y, or Z today. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big deal. I have a couple ship uh, that I worked with recently where uh, physical touch was a real struggle for them mm. um, uh, because of kind of the generation that they hail from. You know, physical affection outside of the bedroom was kind of just something you didn't really do. But for healthy relationships, physical touch, we're all wired for it. And learning how to do that appropriately is a big, a big part of developing intimacy. And I, I won't ever forget the day. It was interesting because I, 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 at the time, was meeting with both of these people when this session happened or, or when these series of sessions happened. And both of them talked about in their own individual sessions. Um, basically, he had gone by his wife uh, while she was, um, I think dinner was done and she was working on something on the computer. And he went past her and he just put his hand on her shoulder. He squoze it really gently. And just sat there for a second and just say, I, I, hey, I really love you. Mm. And they just walked on, just went about the rest of his day. Mm. She came into check-ins and they both talked about, she shared with him, that was the highlight of my week. Wow. That 15 seconds like made my week, mm. right? And those are the kind of things that we can talk about and need to talk about in check-ins because too often in recovery, the focus does always tend to be on, hey, we got to make this better. Hey, we got to work on this. But we also celebrate the check-ins. Love right? that. I love that. Yeah. Um, yep. And then the last piece of that, that's where we also plan and we do goal setting, right? So we um, sit down and we say, okay, based on kind of similar to the SOAP approach to journaling we talked about last week, we look at it and we say, okay, so where did things go well? Where could they have gone better? And what is something that each of us can commit to doing preferably as a collaboration to making this week a little better than last? Yep. Love it. Or this Love or it. tomorrow a little better than last or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. And of course, let's talk about some of the rules yes. of couples check-ins because they can easily go awry. Yes, they can. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> well, and of course, <clears throat> the whole the whole thing that we did last in our last episode about journaling mm-hmm. allows us to do what with couples check-ins? Come prepared. Yep. Do not Absolutely. wing it with couples check-ins. Do not suddenly show up in the the, you know, the spontaneity of the moment say, Hey, let's check in. Right. Yes. (laughs) You want to come prepared and journaling that we talked about last time is one of the greatest ways to come ready. Right. With Mm -hmm. with what I've been feeling, what's been going well, what's not where I'm at, come ready to do that. So that's one of the big, big rules of check-ins. Absolutely. No. And, and, and it's so true. Just guys, just a quick word to the wise. Okay. It, there's there you know we talk sometimes about two levels of communication I, I know i talk about that mark talks about that there's the stuff that we say and then there's the stuff that we convey yes. right and and i will tell you that right out the gate if you show up to check-ins and it's like oh yeah check-ins that's right uh let's see emotionally i am i think i'm doing pretty good uh victories today shoot i know there was something right if we take that approach, what's the message that you're sending to your partner mm-hmm. right out the gate? Yeah, check-in is not going to go well. Yeah. But I can also think of a client I'm working with right now who I won't mention, but I'm going to butter his bread a little bit here for a second. 
shows up every week at the same time, notebook in hand with his check-in already written, ready to go in the kitchen. Wow. And he's there at least a minute or two before they start. Before he's even opened his mouth, how do you think that check-in is impacting his spouse? He hasn't even said anything yet. Nothing said. Nothing said. <clears throat> they haven't even talked yet. And already, and what's the message? This matters. Right? So anyway, we could do a whole podcast series on well, that. Well, we, 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 we may as well bring up what we had as the last bullet on these rules because you just so beautifully portrayed it. We call that leading out. Mm. When that addict in recovery leads out and is proactive and grabs hold of that process and says, honey, I'm prepared. I'm here. I'm ready. This matters to me. And he leads out. I can tell you that women report back to me, Mark, you won't believe it. He let out. He was yeah. proactive. Man, I could tell that he'd really been thinking about this and this matters to him. Yeah. I just melted. Right? Yes. It's just so remarkable when you lead out. Well, and some of you guys may find yourself in a situation that I found myself in. There was a time when things were so bad. This was the only, under a therapist direction, this is the only time my wife and I were really having any sort of significant connection. And it didn't take me long to figure out logically in my brain that this is my shot. Mm. If I'm going to convey to this woman that I care and that I'm invested, she's our therapist is forcing her to show up to this. So this is it, you know? Yeah. And so anything I can do here, this is this is my shot at conveying that. So please leverage that. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. Some other basics that are simple, no name calling, <laughs> attacking, <laughs> or talking over one another, right? Mm -hmm. We'll talk about some... Uh, well, so I guess we just should just say right there, Steve, one of the things, you know, about not talking over one, you may need a talking stick. My wife and I had one. No joke. <laughs> so whoever's holding the talking stick is who gets to talk. We still have it. It's one of those glitter wands from Walmart <laughs> the, with the, the water glitter, in it. The princess, the princess <laughs> glitter wand was your We bought one from Walmart. Now it sits in our <laughs> nieces and nephews' little play box downstairs I in the cupboard. It. That's awesome. That used to be our talking stick. <laughs> And on this calling names attacking, which is natural. I, I know there's a lot of pent up stuff that you want to get out, but you need to really keep it what we call me centered, not yeah. you, 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 you. It's here's what I'm experiencing. You can say when you do this, here's how I feel. Yes. Always bring it back to what you're feeling and what you're about and what you're experiencing instead of getting into that accusatory attacking place, which just breaks the whole process down. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And along with that, right, uh, the me centered piece kind of we didn't put this in the, in our notes today, but avoid the phrase. Oh, my gosh, this is such a bad part of culture. Nobody makes you feel anything. You make me blah, blah, blah. That should just never exist in a check in or really in, in, in talking with a partner at all. Right. Owning our own emotions, our own feelings. Um, schedule these things. Okay? Yes. They work best when they are scheduled. <clears throat> Set a certain time. Set aside adequate time and make sure it's free of distractions. I kid you not. I've, I, Mark and I were discussing situations where we both had this, where couples they have these horrible check-ins, and then we, and then we watch and observe, and we get more information. And it's like, well, yeah, we did it while we were putting our three-year-old and our two-year-old to bed. Yes. So, well, that's part. That's half the battle, right? Yeah, I checked in um, while I was running out the door. Hey, honey, got to get to work. Well, by the way, I'm feeling this and this and this. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then lastly, you know, if one or both spouses need a break, take one. Please. We've done, we've done lots of other podcasts on this. So we will not flesh that out. We're almost out of time here. But 
please reference that. We we if you have questions about it, send it into pbscpodcast.com. We're happy to re-review yeah. it again on here. If that check-in's mm-hmm. falling apart on one or both of your parts, take a break, walk just, away, and come back and try again. Just cut it off. It's just not yeah. worth it. So yep, absolutely. And then as we wrap up here today, um, you know, goals, goals of a check-in, right? What are the what's the expected outcome? What do we want to accomplish no matter what? Um, you know, we talk about, uh, we were actually talking about, uh, the emotional complexity this week on the dare to connect program. Um, we've spent a whole week kind of doing a three part series on that about emotional complexity, emotional maturity, allowing multiple emotions to coexist in the same place Had a great discussion about that today. Uh, we meet three times a week for 30 minutes. We would love to have you guys come join us two week free trial. Please come give it a, give it a check out. People who are in it are loving it, and and we're helping bring couples together together in a better, quicker, more efficient way every day. There, you can find more about that at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. But you know, if we if we you know these goals, let's let's just throw them out there. Okay, this is where we want you to get to. Um, at some point in time, a check in should convey a how I am, am I fighting for for my partner, and b I need to hear from them somehow. How are they fighting for me? Fighting for us? Mm-hmm. Right? That would be the first one. Yep. Um, again, could say tons about that opportunity to get. It's also an opportunity to get real with your partner uh, when it's not otherwise safe. Okay, this is a what we said before. This is this may be the only time where the two of you are able to communicate effectively. Take advantage of it. Your your marriage lives and hangs, lives and dies on the on the good little interactions or the poor little interactions. Don't let don't let the opportunities pass you by. Um, yeah. And then I think we got a couple more here, Mark. Yeah, the the, the thing the thing I love about uh, about couples check in it gives us the opportunity to practice connection yep. in all of its forms. Practice, including confrontation. By the way, yeah, right. You, Steve, you coined a uh, what I've come to to use a lot is this thing of collaborative confrontation. It sounds contradictory, but boy, when you start to experience it in check-ins, you're like, wow, we, we really can be collaborative and still not agree. This, mm, is, this yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. And then so my true. favorite is last of all is a chance to see my partner, to really see him or her into UIC and to be seen. Yeah. That is intimacy. And if we can that. have an opportunity to do that each day, things, things are going to become progressively better. Mm. Oh, that's great. I love that. So true. The the seeing and being seen. It sounds so simple, but really ask yourself, when was the last time that happened in your relationship? Mm-hmm. When did you really feel that? And and also how can you feel it better? Guys, so much more to talk about with this. Again, love to have you join us on Dare to Connect. We're got lots of cool things ex- and exciting things happening there. Please give it a check out. As always, if you've got uh, things that you would like addressed on the podcast, you can send those to us at our contact form at pbscpodcast.com. And uh, we will continue next week with part three of our three-part series of these recovery basics. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys then. Yep. See you then. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.